You're now listening to a Bingeful Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. In today's podcast episode, we are going to talk about psychedelics and can they assist in eating disorder recovery. So in today's podcast episode, I'm going to first uh, share with you a little bit information about what are psychedelics. Then I'm going to share with you my own story. And then we are going to discuss pros and cons of using psychedelics in eating disorder recovery. If you just heard a bell, it's probably my cat. Recently, he caught quite a few mice and one bird. So right now, he wears a bell with his collar so that uh, he's not bringing any more prey to our house. So sorry for that if you can hear a bell or maybe even meow. (laughs) Okay, first thing I want you to know is that this podcast episode is based on my opinions. There is not much research on eating disorder recovery and psychedelics, especially not much research about uh, binge eating and psychedelics. So I'm going to base this episode on my own experiences, opinions. However, I'm still going to try to base it on on science. Another thing I want you to know is that my experiences with psychedelics were all legal. (laughs) It all happened in the Netherlands with the substances which are legal here in the Netherlands. You can buy some of the psychedelics in so-called smart shops. Uh, I used mainly truffles, so they are dried psychosibilin mushrooms, otherwise known as magic mushrooms, and once I used also the analog of LSD, to be more precise, 1P LSD, which was legal at the time. I think that it is still legal, uh, however, it might, it might change soon. <laughs> so wh- whenever you listen to this podcast, you know, I'm not sure about the current status. At the moment, it is sold as a research chemical, so <laughs> it is not for human consumption. However, we took a risk. Uh, another thing I want you to know that there are different categories of narcotic drugs, and we can classify them into seven categories. So the first category would be stimulants. So narcotic drugs that are stimulants are, for example, caffeine, nicotine, amphetamines, and cocaine. So as you can see, you already have some experience with some drugs that are uh, stimulating for you. The other category of um, drugs are depressants. Depressants like alcohol and benzodiazepines. I already mentioned three categories, stimulants, depressants, also cannabinoids like weed. We've got also empathogens like MDMA. We've got opioids as opium, um, naltroxone, fentanyl. Uh, We have also dissociatives like ketamine. And the last category of drugs is our psychedelics. So today's episode, I'm not going to talk about other drugs like opioids or depressants. I'm going to focus mainly on psychedelics. So what kind of substances belong to psychedelics? For example, DMT, ayahuasca, psychosibilin. LSD. And you need to know that each category 
has different effects, right? So psychedelics, they do trigger unusual states of consciousness. Some people also call them hallucinogens because they alter your perception of reality. How do they do that? For example, you may have heightened uh, color recognition, so the colors will uh, look more intense. Uh, it may also blur some senses or can enhance senses. Uh, it, you may feel detached from your body. Uh, distortion of time, direction, distance, or even proportions is also normal. Or maybe you're going to feel more relaxed. Uh, what is usual for me is that I see uh, mandala-like patterns. So I see those geometrical patterns on a regular art items, right? So if I would be taking psychedelics, then if I would look at the carpet and it would have some, you know, some pattern, I may see... Um, see those patterns slightly moving. Uh, plants, for example, may slightly move. And I'm not talking that they are, you know, <laughs> dancing or something like that. No, not at all. It's more like the borders um, are blurred. Therefore, it seems like they are slightly like moving. <laughs> it's really hard to uh, describe psychedelic experiences. <laughs> Anyways, uh, one more thing I want you to know is that psychedelics are physiologically safe and they do not lead to physiological addiction. However, maybe somebody is there uh, who is emotionally addicted to psychedelics. You know, everything is, <laughs> is possible. Magic mushrooms are claimed to be the safest psychedelics. However, you have to ask yourself a question like, <laughs> if something changes your consciousness, is it really safe? Even though they are the safest, you know, they still, <laughs> they still might be considered dangerous by some people. And now I would like to share with you how it started with me, how my journey with psychedelics started. So I met somebody on a meditation course I attended and, you know, they talked about uh, drugs. So I was interested. It was in the Netherlands. And at that point, I thought that only weed is legal in the Netherlands. And I wasn't really that much interested in weed at all. Uh, but they told me about existence of those shops called smart shops. And I did, you know, additional research um, on the topic. I think it was year 2016. So there were also some clinical even studies showing that psychedelics can help with depression. And back then in 2016, I spiraled back into my eating disorder and depression. And I found out that, you know, those psychedelic drugs that right now I do have access to, that they may assist with uh, treating depression and also addictions. So my first trip was <laughs> was sort of like the best experience of my life. I mean, the first trip that worked because I tried to take psychedelics twice before. Unfortunately, I take too low dose. I think maybe my mindset wasn't right. So it didn't really work out. But my first real trip was sort of like the best experience of my life. I don't really want to go into the, the, the details because they are quite private. And also later in the episode, I want to put my experiences into the context of eating disorders. But all I can tell you right now is that I felt so calm. My innate mental health was shining through. 
I was not thinking too much. I didn't overthink. I was looking at the window. The tr- I, I saw trees like breathing. Uh, I made myself some tea and I was just looking at, out the window. I was at peace. I was watching Mother Nature. I was, I, I felt this uh, connectedness with, with Mother Nature, with universe. I wouldn't say that I experienced ego death, but what I experienced was like enough for me to realize that me and the universe are alive, for me to like deeply understand the cycle of life. <laughs> I just I just felt like I understand. I didn't know what I understand, but I felt like I felt this deeper understanding of how life works. <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit uh, crazy. What comes to my mind is uh, one of the quotes that um, I don't know who to whom uh, attribute that quote, uh, but the quote said that you might be feeling that you are simultaneously as big as universe and yet merely a heap of stardust and this is how I felt <laughs> I during that trip I also cried a little bit and what is interesting is that I didn't really have you know some kind of wonderful insights but the thing is that even those those very basic thoughts you have they they do sound so profound so for example cheesy quotes they just hit you differently the one quote I really remember that just hit me so so powerfully was uh, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience we are spiritual beings having a human experience and uh, also there were some quotes about like love I was just thinking that you know love is the answer and so on uh, so that's that's sort of one of the reasons I choose psychedelic trips once a year because they just remind you about those deeper truths <laughs> they they just i don't know they are just profound in a in a way but of course the trip is just a trip and in my opinion the integration is the most important part because after the psychedelic trip you may see the world through rose colored glasses i would say so so after psychedelic trip you have a glow like you have after sex glow. However, it is still important to really integrate what you've learned during the trip. Uh, and maybe because that after glow, it's easier for you to let some it's easier for you to let something slide, even though previously they would annoy you. So as I said, um, you feel like you would be wearing those rose-colored glasses. But again, it it fades uh, with time. And I've mentioned that I did that trip. And at the moment, I was spiraling back into eating disorder and depression. And the truth is that it didn't really help me. The trip didn't really work for me. After that, I sort of felt numb and more disconnected because um, I also, a couple of weeks later, I found out that I'm not going to prolong my internship. I also broke up with the guy I was dating back then. I also came back to Poland. So in general, I felt very numb, disconnected. Disconnected because I didn't have anyone to talk about my experiences. I also experienced post-Erasmus depression. So (laughs) in general, uh, my mental health just went 
down because I didn't really integrate, I didn't use the information from the trip to really uh, better the quality of my life. However, I also decided to to do those trips from time to time. Yeah, we are trying to do it once a year. And another trip I want to briefly mention to you was the trip I did for the first time with my boyfriend. So can you imagine that, that we were at the beginning of our relationship, you know, our hormones were still uh, crazy. We were crazy in love. And then we also decided to do this trip together. It was first his first uh, psychedelic trip and that was really amazing (laughs) like I don't remember ever feeling this expansive love for someone and for the universe like all I remember from that trip is this overwhelming love towards everything and everyone we cried uh, so much. Uh, he oh, he also had a painting of the sea, and I remember just looking at that painting and just feeling those those waves like washing through me. And I must tell you that fuck those silly ceremonies like wedding. Really, you think that wedding is the best day of your life when you are stressed, when you have to like perform in front of the other people? No, girl, go get yourself and your partner ticket to and uh, to the Netherlands and trip your balls off together on psychedelics and this will be unforgettable experience for you like this is really the best day of your life because I don't know psychedelics just make you think uh, differently there is something so special about it that's why we decided to do it occasionally usually it's once a year, you cannot really do psychedelics very often because you build up tolerance quite quickly. After taking it once, you already build up tolerance, so you cannot do it for the next uh, couple of days or even weeks. Uh, also, I think that I personally cannot do psychedelics more often because it is kind of kind of unpleasant. <laughs> like the trip itself is kind of great, but the build up towards it it's sort of unpleasant because I always feel restlessness you know just when you take something that affects your physiology it just unsettling (laughs) for me it's kind of um, uncomfortable but when the trip you know unfolds itself then it's it's bearable but this build-up and also coming down sometimes yeah it's not super Uh, super comfortable in my opinion and also when you take psychedelics like you have to reserve the whole day for it yeah because even after the trip you just feel different and I don't see myself you know for example work after tripping like you have to just take the whole day to just relax also I feel like plant medicines they do call for you (laughs) I've heard uh, people say that mama ayahuasca talks to you and I think that you just need to wait for the plant medicine to really call for you that's why I do it usually once a year I broke that rule um, I think that twice because I also decided to do microdosing of shrooms and I did that one year and one year was great I did that I did that also the second year and during the microdosing I I was feeling great, but after I sort of got depressed. So you have to remember that it's similar like with with coffee, I think. So when you're drinking coffee, everything is great. But when you try to ditch coffee, then withdrawal 
is the worst. <laughs> so I think that maybe something similar happened to me the second time I tried to microdose a microdose and yeah I think that also this prolonged exposure yeah it might change something in your serotonin energetic receptors and activity so um, yeah I'm not sure whether I'm a big fan of of microdosing so this year I I haven't microdosed anyways if you are interested in microdosing you can read some posts uh, for example on the reddit I bet that there are a lot of people who who share their experiences so right now you heard about my experiences with psychedelics and there's one more person I want to mention in today's episode and it is Christina. Uh, Christina was one of my clients and she she is uh, a person who I knew personally who tried ayahuasca and who also tried abogaine. With abogaine, it's very interesting because people use psychedelic called ibogaine uh, to ease withdrawal from from addictions. So uh, abogaine can prevent cravings and it can help in the process of detoxification of um, things that you are addicted from. So that's why she also tried um, tried abogaine. She also tried ayahuasca. Unfortunately, in her case, those practices uh, weren't really that helpful. That's why she also signed up for uh, my coaching. Uh, so as you can see, um, the experiences with psychedelics can be Various, and I don't think that it's um, that it's a quick solution for binge eating recovery. But let's talk about it. Like, let's talk about pros and cons of using psychedelics in eating disorder recovery. So, I would say that the first pros is that it just shows you how your life could look like, how you could feel. Psychedelics work as telescope binoculars, so they show you what's possible. But you have to walk the talk. Journey that will take some effort is still in front of you. You will have to get your shoes dirty because teleportation isn't an option yet. <laughs> so uh, tripping can show you uh, that you can see yourself differently, that maybe you can see yourself as a spiritual being and that you can be less attached to your body. Um, tripping can show you that love is the answer, that you have perfectly fine mental health, that you can love other people, that you can forgive them, that you can uh, forget about the things that they've done. And if you are doing psychedelics, I would definitely recommend going into more spiritual route. I think it's helpful. It's helpful even if you are not a spiritual person because at the time when I first tried psychedelics, I was not only atheist but also materialist. And materialism is a <laughs> philosophical stance claiming that everything that truly exists is matter. So there is no spiritual beings and your consciousness is just the result of the brain work. So... The little update would be that I'm still non-religious person, but I'm not sure that we have strong evidence that supports materialism. So who knows, maybe consciousness isn't the result of brain processes. Maybe there is something more that we don't see. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to go into this topic right now. I just want to talk about um, usage of psychedelics in assisting 
eating disorder recovery. So another pros of uh, psychedelics would be that they can, in a way, catalyze profound personal transformation. Some people would say that taking psychedelics could be compared to three years of therapy. So you can do three years of therapy in like three hours of psychedelic trip because psychedelics help people change the way they think. We have to remember that eating disorders are associated with delusion and self-deception and psychedelics allow you to be honest with yourself. They allow you to look at yourself from different perspectives. Psychedelics can shake things up a little bit and it happens because they um, destabilize uh, DMN. It's called default mode network. And default uh, mode network is a group of brain regions that are most active during like mind wandering. So it's your brain activity in a resting state, hence the name, the default mode network. And one of the main functions of DMN is creating the experience of self or ego. So because psychedelics tend to disrupt the activity of DMN, you can look at yourself from different perspective. Also psychedelics impact neuroplasticity. So they allow you to create new neural connections. They allow you your brain to reorganize yourself. Of course, um, those are studies based on animal research because it's hard to study neuroplasticity in living human beings. So just take this information with a grain of salt whenever you hear that psychedelics evoke neuroplasticity. However, we can, we can still say that psychocybin allows neural neurons uh, to work through connections that your brain usually doesn't use. Therefore, during the psychedelic trip, the brain becomes more flexible and more unique for, for a moment. And I also want you to remember that there are at least two ways to trip, right? Because you can take psychedelics at the party and you can just enjoy the visuals, you can dance to music, you can use this moment to, I don't know, to look at the wallpaper, how wonderful it, it looks. But you can also use the psychedelic trip as a time for reflection, for personal insight, for a fresh perspective on your problems. Of course, I would recommend uh, using psychedelics in the second way. And during psychedelic tri trip, uh, we make associations we normally wouldn't make. So for a moment, we become more creative. Uh, psychedelics can improve cognitive flexibility. They may lead to a new sense of self and they uh, can help you to release you from rigid rules and rigid thinking. So that's especially important for people with anorexia. So in a way, we could say that psychedelics allow for reset. Of course, it's not like all of a sudden you won't need, you won't feel a need for a cookie. Of course, for a moment during psychedelic trip, you gained access to a different part of you. So later, after the psychedelic trip, it's going to be easier for you to call in this character to retrieve this, this character. And you have to know that you always have that choice. You always have a choice to switch between your judgmental self and your compassionate self. 
You can always go back to a present moment, but oftentimes we do have those habits of reacting in a certain way. The thing is that when you are on a higher levels of your consciousness, you feel happier, you feel more peaceful, you have the clarity of your mind that will allow you to make better quality decisions and you don't need psychedelics to tap into that. In my opinion, that's the aim of coaching. Uh, so you don't need to spend hours of uh, hours on stress management techniques. You just have to tap into your peaceful self. You just have to know that inside of you, you have different characters. You are split into like different personalities. So one part of you may be uh, prone to anger. One part of you may be, you know, more peaceful. So the point is for you to uh, tap into the qualities, the personality traits of yours that are more useful into your day-to-day life. So sometimes uh, when you uh, bring to the surface that that character during uh, the the trip, the the psychedelic trip, maybe later in life it's going to be easier for you to also, uh, you know, bring to the surface that character one more time. Uh, But again, the most important thing I want you to know from today's episode is that integration is the most important part. So an integration happens when trip ends, when you don't have those drugs in your systems system anymore because they were, um, yeah, they were expelled. <laughs> so integration is the most important because if psychedelic trip works like a reset, you still have to use this time after a trip to, for example, start new hobbies, start new habits, start new way of looking at yourself. Well, let's compare a psychedelic trip with uh, addicts who go to a rehab center. Most addicts stay clean in the rehab center just because they are in a different environment. However, when they go back to the old environment, the old environment helps them in making poor choices. Okay, they might have transformed their life in a rehab center, but then they come back to their day-to-day life. And again, they have trouble with, with integrating or with implementing what they have learned in the rehab center. Maybe also different example. Let's say that you go to a Vipassana retreat. So Vipassana is a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And some people say that it's just the best thing because it shows you the nature of your own mind. You just, for 10 days, you're just sitting with yourself. So it allows you to, I don't know, know yourself better and so on. But what happens when you go back home? Often this transformation fades away. Because when you are, you know, alone in a cottage house somewhere or in, when you are in this retreat center, it's easier for you to, uh, to be peaceful, to be calm. But then when you go back to your old triggers, old cues, old neuro associations, you may slowly spiral into old habits. We often think that, okay, I'm going to do this reset. I'm going to go to that retreat. I'm going to go, or I'm going to do, I don't know, juice detox. And after that, it's going to be easier for me to, to, you know, to make better choices. But we often lie to ourselves. It's really hard to implement those, um, those new habits. And also you don't need a reset to implement them. So sure, 
you can go to any retreat, but when you go back, you still have to do the work of implementing what you've learned. So you have to walk the talk. So let's say that maybe during the psychedelic trip, you realize that you love your teenage child no matter what, and you would forgive them everything. But the next day, you found out that uh, they they stole your money and they bought some drugs. <laughs> and the question is, what are you going to do? Like this is a real life scenario. So are you going to be uh, tapping into your loving self and compassionate self? Or are you going to uh, evoke that old angry character and you're going to be uh, and you're going to show resentment and anger and so on? So, you know, uh, one thing is how we fantasize about how our life will change after this one experience. And the other part is actually doing doing the hard work. So the hardest is always the implementation because brain changes through experiences. But most experiences during trip are mental changes. But the question is, will you be able to implement your mental changes during the next time you're alone for the whole weekend with a leftover cake in your fridge? Will old programming be triggered and override your new intentions? Or were the mental changes so strong that you know how to rewire this habit Now it's time for a short list of cons of using psychedelics to help you recover from an eating disorder. First con is that psychedelics are not a shortcut. I know that you may think that you're going to take this drug and after uh, you've taken this drug, like (laughs) it's all fixed. No, it is not. The second con is that psychedelics are very variable. (laughs) They sometimes work, they sometimes doesn't work. Uh, I usually buy, you know, the same brand of uh, psychedelics, the same strain, because there are uh, also different strains. We usually take the same amount and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, Sometimes the substance, I think it degradates uh, if it's closer to the expiry date. So because it's natural substance, it's just, it's just very, varies uh, a lot just like you know you would brought home I don't know 30 apples and all of those apples may be slightly different right so uh, tripping with psychedelics is very variable it's not like you're taking a pill and you know exactly how much substance is inside this pill and how it's gonna work Uh, you never know also your mindset matters a lot. So I wouldn't use psychedelics when you, I don't know, recover from some traumatic experience, like maybe you've lost your job, maybe you broke up with your boyfriend. It isn't a good idea because your mindset is already in, it's it's leaning towards, you know, sad stories, sad thoughts. Therefore, it makes you prone to just bad trip. And yeah, bad trip is another con because... Uh, during the trip, you can steer your mind towards more positive things, which usually I do because I want to get the best out of my trip. But, you know, I could also focus on, on the negative, right? And therefore, um, this is a recipe for a bad trip. Another con of using psychedelics uh, in eating disorder recovery is that most psychedelics are illegal in most countries in the world. Uh, of course, you can get prescription, but I don't think that it's that simple 
Uh, I know that right now in the US, I think you can even get ketamine for depression treatment. But again, it, it's not that easy to get legal psychedelics. And the last con is that after all, psychedelics are kind of dangerous. Maybe they are not dangerous by themselves, but you never know what you're going to do when your consciousness is changed, right? So maybe people are dying after taking psychedelics, not because they overdose with psychedelics, but maybe because, I don't know, they jumped uh, in front of the car or something like that. So I think that it is important to have sober trip sitter who can just be there with you, who can support you and who can make sure that you are not going to do something stupid. And of course, before you do anything, please make your own uh, research and look for um, stories from other people because I think that it's totally different when you just read a research paper and when you read somebody's stories on, for example, some kind of subreddit for, uh, for people who use psychedelics. Let's quickly talk about the future of psychedelics. So the moment I'm recording it, I'm pretty sure that there are many clinical studies being conducted at the moment. And therefore, we should expect um, the research to be published within the next couple of months or years, because the field of psychedelics is very promising. Uh, there is a long list of um, problems that psychedelics could potentially help with like PTSD, anxiety, depression, addictions, eating disorders. Uh, so far, the like personal evidence is rather sparse. There are not many people who would claim that they healed their eating disorder because of psychedelics. Of course, you can look for the evidence on on forums or some kind of subreddits, but at the moment we don't have strong uh, evidence. Maybe in the future there will be more studies uh, that combine uh, psychotherapy with uh, therapy. It's called uh, psychedelic assisted therapy. So we know that unfortunately the relapse rates for binge eating and other eating disorders are pretty high. Uh, when we use only therapy. So therapy is proven rather unhelpful for eating disorders. However, psychedelic assisted therapy, um, you know, is promising. Maybe, maybe one day we, more people will have access to it because right now I think that <laughs> there are not many uh, psychedelic assisted therapies being offered. To end today's episode, I just want to caution you that if you want to start your psychedelic journey, you really need to do your research. This is what I did before I did my first psychedelic trip. Uh, maybe you've gathered from today's episode that I don't really recommend uh, psychedelics for eating disorder recovery. I don't think that it's a magic magic pill that will help you heal from your, your eating disorder. However, at the same time, I see the potential in psychedelics. So I would sort of recommend everyone to trip at least once uh, in their lifetime because it is it is mind altering. After all, it is it is wonderful experience. But I'm not sure whether it's really helpful in eating disorder recovery, especially if you are not going to really do something, right? If you think that psychedelics will be this magic pill that will help you to overcome your eating disorder without you doing any any work, any like insight, 
any reflection, then you are just simply wrong. You will still have to, you know, work on your mindset, on self-regard and so on. Anyways, just remember, do your own research. Uh, one thing that was helpful for me was a YouTube channel called Psyched Substance. And it's um, a YouTube channel by Adam. I don't remember his surname. His videos were very helpful for me. I think that recently he, he doesn't uh, record any new episodes. However, a couple of years ago, I, I remember I watched his videos about psychedelics because, you know, before you, you approach psychedelics, you really need to know a couple of things. Like there are a couple of rules you need, you need to follow. For example, uh, you should have a trip sitter. I think that if you really want to use the psychedelic trip for self-reflection, therefore you shouldn't do it like on kind of music festival. <laughs> it's best to do it when you are cozy at your own home with access to maybe nature. Also pay attention to what kind of medications do you take because if you take SSRIs, then psychedelics may not work for you because they work on the same serotoninergic receptors. Uh, you have to know how to have a good trip or how to stop bad trip. So there are many nuances to tripping, you know, whether you should be eating something before taking shrooms or maybe you should take them on an empty stomach. There is also, you know, some information about vitamin C, whether it kills your trip or maybe potentiates uh, your trip. So you really need to educate yourself for harm reduction purposes. There's still st huge stigma around psychedelics. Therefore, it's harder to find reliable information about safety of all of those substances and how to take them. If you have any experiences with psychedelics, please let me know. And if you give me the permission, I can share it, share your story with my audience uh, as well. I really love to hear about other people's experiences, especially with psychedelics, because, you know, amongst my friends, uh, not many people try psychedelics. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just hard to, <laughs> to, um, to relate to, to one another, right? Uh, so I would love to hear about your uh, experiences. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to me today. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet, especially if you are a person who struggles with any eating disorder, especially binge eating. I've been talking for such a long time. <laughs> thank you so much for listening today and see you in my next episode. Bye! If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Pro Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Pro Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye!